0: Des Moines. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO.
1: And I'm Trent Condon. The Iowa Wild picked up a victory in Game 3 of their playoff series against the Chicago Wolves, 2-0. Late in the third period, Matt Reed clinches it for the Wild. Wolves with the extra skater out, their net is empty. Tynan hounded by Greenway. Greenway steals the puck, floats it out into a neutralized. Reed chasing to it, on his backhand, carving it in front, Let's go! The call from Joe O'Donnell on KXNO. Goaltender Andrew Hammond had 26 saves in the shutout victory 2-0. Game 4, Wednesday night at Wells Fargo Arena, with Chicago leading the series two games to one. To Major League Baseball in Milwaukee, Christian Yelich back for the Brewers.
0: Yelich with a fly ball,
2: back in a deep left field, and Christian Yelich is back.
1: The call from Fox Sports, Wisconsin. Home run number 15 of the year for Yelich as the Brewers win it 3-2. Last night's Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN, Chris Bryant at the
2: plate. Oh, out to deep center field. Vader back.
1: The grand slam from Bryant as he goes two for four on the day. On his fourth home run of the season, after the three-game sweep, the Cubs are now in first place in the National League Central. Coming up today, the White Sox are at the Indians' 5'10 first pitch. The Twins are in Toronto to face the Blue Jays. Martin Perez opposite Marcus Stroman. The Cardinals host the Phillies. You can hear that game right here on 1460 KXNO. And the Cubs welcome in the Marlins.
0: Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460
2: KXNO. All right, welcome back. 11 o'clock hour, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 20 minutes or so, Matt Snyder, CBS Sports. We will talk MLB with the guy that covers it for CBS, Matt Snyder. Right now, Dylan Montz, Iowa State, uh, for the Ames Tribune. He joins the program. Hello, Dylan, Trent and Ken. How are you? good it's good to be with you guys how are you good to talk to you Dylan well you know what uh, happy for Willie Harvey who got an opportunity to go for a tryout and has parlayed that now to sign a contract and is going to camp uh, this summer as a, uh, a potential Cleveland Brown roster player how about that for Willie Harvey especially you know we think back to the way it ended for him at the Alamo Bowl not being able to walk off the, t- uh, the field rather with his teammates uh, being, uh, being walked off with assistant coaches as he was ejected from the game but uh, you were you, you saw him, you interviewed him no, numerous times. Uh, by all accounts, a pretty good guy, and a lot of people rooting for Willie Harvey.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like you mentioned, it was a tough way for his collegiate career to end, uh, albeit, um, you know, the rules are the rules with, it, with targeting, I guess, whatever, you know, interpretation people want to have with him. But, yeah, it, it was a good fit for him, I think. Um, you know, he was also uh, in the mix to have a tryout with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but ended up with Cleveland, um, you know, a team who's... Uh, uh, it's seemingly seemingly on the rise yep. adding in new pieces and everything it's a good good spot for him and he was so integral uh, to the defense over the last few years uh, playing the position he did and helping Mike Rose out um, and playing opposite of Marcel Spears he was kind of that guy that that kind of held it all together as those guys came into their own so for him to earn a UDSA spot uh, uh, really big for him and it'll be interesting to see what kind of um, you know opportunity he has now that he's He's a little bit more solidified than he was going
2: in. You were uh, obviously at the Alamo Bowl covering it for the Ames Tribune. I know you're a Bears fan. Were you aware that Ryan Pace was in the press box, seemingly for one purpose, and that was to get, uh, for the first time, an opportunity to see David Montgomery play? You know, play live. He knew about him clearly. But he, uh, he was one of their targets, but he made his way to the Alamo Bowl to scout Montgomery. Did you know he was there?
3: You know, I actually didn't, uh, not until I saw that first press conference that Pace had um, with the media in Chicago. But that's kind of the other thing about Iowa State as they start to elevate their status a little bit and play in bowl games like the Alamo Bowl. Um, you, you can attract those types of personnel, and certainly you have to have the players um, to, to kind of get people like that on that level to, to come to the games. But um, I think being the only game on in that time slot, prime time, um, you know, the the top big 12 bowl game, outside the New Year's 6 and college football playoffs, you, you can start to get those kinds of people there. So they, it's also an important important part of that, is, as well as you know Montgomery's personal stuff and him being able to kind of um, jump into the future, having pace there, but also just kind of Iowa State elevating its status as well. So uh, I didn't know about that, though, ahead of time.
1: Dylan, of course, uh, Cyclone slash Hawkeye, or Bears fans, excuse me, very excited about Montgomery having that crossover and, and get to see a Cyclone out there for the Bears. It seems like across the league this is something that has been talked about in a positive light. What would be the concern? If you had a concern for David Montgomery at the next level, what would it be?
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. Um, you know, I think uh, probably, and he's, he's quelled these at times, but um, it sounds like he's going to be kind of a volume catcher, um, you know, with Matt Nagy's offense and what they're going to try to do, I think. He'll run the ball a decent amount but I, I think they'll really go heavy in the pass game too and um, you know Tariq Cohen has been so good in that uh, his ability to be kind of that scat back guy and swing out and, and really catch a lot of passes so I think Montgomery's going to be that kind of guy too just because um, he, he's a little bit different than Cohen but I think they want to disguise what they're running as much as possible so having him, him catching maybe as much as he's going to be asked to is, is not something that we've seen necessarily before so um, and the game changes so much in the NFL uh, different defenses obviously different types of athletes and, and bodies flying at you so how how quickly he can adjust to that i think is going to be the the key but um you know really i uh, i think over time he's maybe maybe a health thing he's had, he's been dinged up a, a couple times here um the last couple of years that i would say and so maybe uh, the catching and then the the health stuff is like a, a minor thing after that but um, really, not not a ton of concern from him. Obviously, um, you know, coming out of college, and that's why the Bears kind of moved into the spot they did to to go grab him.
2: This is kind of a May the uh, sixth topic, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I preface that. You no, know, it might be kind of a little bit off the wall. But as we look forward to, you know, after the season has come and gone, and we saw two Iowa State players, one of them is just spending a lot of time talking about Montgomery, the other, of course, Akeem Butler, leaving eligibility uh, on the table to, you know, to to um, for an opportunity to play in the NFL. Are there a couple of underclassmen? I mean, Greg Eisworth is one of them that comes to mind to me. Maybe Awaza Ruke is another one. Are there some Iowa State players? Clearly, they got to have good years, but based on what we saw last year with Eyesworth, Waziruke injured, but um, might those be the two if there are some early enrollees in next year's draft off of this Iowa State roster?
3: Yeah, I think those two probably come to mind first. And, um, you know, Tariq uh, Milton is another guy maybe to keep an eye on, depending on the kind of year he has. Uh, I know people, he'll be a redshirt sophomore, so then he'll have three years done. Right. Um, by the time. Uh, next year end. But I think um, you know, certainly with Greg Isworth, uh, his he doesn't have size that'll overwhelm you, but he plays so tough and he's a really smart kid and um he was a former quarterback in high school so I think he really gets that part of things. Um so so that's big and then uh it was Enrique is a uh, guy um you know that that's played at a really high level and he kind of he had an early exit from the Alamo Bowl too. So um I think uh, his size and his ability to kind of contain the edge and really kind of get in the backfield or at least create a, a little bit of havoc where the offensive line has to change some things maybe they wanted to do. Um, it, it could open some eyes for him. And then, um, you know, with, with Tariq Milton, I think he's going to be a guy that's looked to a lot uh, in the passing game. And, again, he's he's not um, super big. Uh, I think he's uh, 5'10", 5'11". But, um, we kind of saw in this NFL draft uh, a lot of smaller receivers go, uh, you know, with the Arizona Cardinals that Isabella kid from mm-hmm. um, UMass, he's he five foot eight. And, and so it's, it's not really about size It's about your production. It's about what you can do, um, you know, to make guys miss, uh, affect plays, uh, draw attention to you. So you can open things up for everybody else. So I think there's guys, um, th- those three probably are, are the ones that stand out the most. Uh, just trying to rack my brain thinking of others, but uh, I think if you're going to go with any, um, those are probably the three maybe
1: to look at. we got camps right around the corner. There'll be a lot of uh, kids coming in for the 2020 class that Iowa State's going to be looking at. Six guys already committed for that class, including their quarterback that they got a while back in, uh, Eden Bowman, who's Todd Bowman's son from up in Minnesota. Recruiting-wise, anything stepping out? Anything that you believe this summer, Iowa State a position group, maybe they're really trying to hone in
0: on?
3: Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of it could come to kind of what, um, they're going to do a wide receiver for this upcoming class. I mean, 2020 is obviously uh, going to be the focus now, but I think they they can kind of still be putting some finishing pieces uh, on this class with another wide receiver. I know, uh, Michael Patway, the Arkansas transfer, mm-hmm. he's supposedly deciding today between Iowa State and Auburn. I know is in the mix too. So, um, that could be a boost. Um, maybe some junior college guys that come into the mix, but, um, you know, yeah, I think they kind of got a good foundation to, to start the 2020 class and getting a quarterback early on, especially one, like Bowman, who I know um, you know people are pretty high on uh, his ability. He's just a, obviously, um, you know, what is he going to be, a, a junior, senior, whatever it is, a senior. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's kind of getting that foundation and then filling in some, some pieces. But I think the offensive line, again, is, is something that they'll always kind of hammer on until um, they really kind of get to where they want to be.
2: You know, I was looking at the schedule uh, over the weekend for Iowa State uh, just to familiarize what did with both schools because it's amazing how quickly you forget, right, Uh with everything else that's going on. Um As a media member that we're making all of those trips, Dylan, you don't have a whole lot of shiny road trips this year. I mean, the, the trip to Waco is going to be the first time you get on an airplane. I'm guessing you could do without that one. What is it? Morgantown? Uh, Lubbock? Oklahoma, okay, you get through Oklahoma City and then uh, that beauty at the end of the year, I mean, that's almost like a punishment having to go to Manhattan the last day of November, for crying out loud. Not a lot of shiny road trips for the media this year.
3: Yeah, there there are no Austins uh, in this group. Right. Um, you know, so, and, and even Lawrence is, is close enough to Kansas City where you can maybe spend a the night there. And
2: TCU, um, you're in Dallas-Fort Worth?
3: It's, yeah, it, exactly. So there's there's a lot of places in the uh, even number of years that, that you look forward to. And, um, you know, this schedule set up kind of interesting because the Texas tech and West Virginia trips are in back-to-back weeks. Mm-hmm. so You're really covering uh, a lot of ground, uh, you know, across the country there. So, uh, yeah. And I, I didn't even really spend a lot of time in Morgantown. I just uh, was driving up to the media parking from, uh, Pittsburgh and yep. got lost a couple of times kind <laughs> of zigzag around town, but, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing really that, um, you know, it produces a lot of nightlife. I us say that. What is
1: the best road trip oh, in the Big be 12? Austin. Is it, is it Austin be.
0: Far and Away?
3: Yeah, I, I think so. Um, TCU, like like Ken mentioned, is good because the Dallas Dallas is right there. You mm-hmm. can kind of go out and explore a little bit. But Austin is is awesome. The music, nightlife. Um, you know, the, the campus. I, I like to get out and walk, eat, eat school a little bit if I can get to get over to the. Uh, uh, the campus and everything, but yeah, I think uh, Texas. Uh, if anybody can make a trip down to see Austin, it, it just to experience. Kind of, because um, it's so different than other places in Texas. It's it's, it's kind of its own unique little thing. So. Um, yeah, I'd say that's probably
2: top for me. Uh, last thing, Dylan. I know your colleague uh, Travis Hines, and your boss, um, from the Ames Tribune. As he is the sports editor over there. It uh, was uh, at Coaches versus Cancer, as a number of the media were this past week with all the coaches there. And Prome was clearly uh, Travis's target. Uh, we knew Cam Large's not going to come back to uh, to, uh, to Iowa State. Kind of felt that uh, Horton Tucker, just the love he'd been getting, is probably going to go. Lindell Wiggins,ton his athleticism leads me. And a lot of people to believe that you know, even if it's not uh, an NBA spot that he's going to get paid to play next year. But I don't think anything changed after reading with Travis um, and the, and the, I, I guess the recap of the immediate veil with Prom. Uh, these guys are as good as gone.
3: Yeah, I think so. And and Prom didn't necessarily come out and say it as black and white as much. But um, you know, if you, you don't even saying you have to read in between the lines, even a little bit vague, I think. Um, you know, he, he said he'd let them speak on that and, and kind of talk about what their futures will be. But he said they're recruiting like they're not coming back. So I guess that, that basically says as much. So And I think that's what you have to do to kind of protect the program because of the, the feedback that Horton Tucker's got um, because of Cameron Lard's situation. Um, and, and Lindell, I think, is, is kind of shown the last couple of years he's maybe ready um, to really dive in, even if it's starting off with a G D-League spot if he doesn't get drafted. So I think... Um, you know, again, they're going to have to recruit a lot this spring. There there are a couple of high school targets that they're after deciding today. So that'll kind of maybe tip um, one way or the other, what they're going to have to do coming up here. But yeah, I think um, the, ever since um, all three kind of announced their intentions to, to go elsewhere or or declare for the NBA draft, um, the, that that was going to be the end result, that they weren't coming back, and it, it, it still sounds like that. Nothing's really changed as far as I can tell.
1: Dylan, good seeing you out of Prairie Meadows, you and Alex Halstead. Uh, we're sitting on the curtain getting ready for the race, so did you win? That's the big question.
3: Yeah, I, I won race number four. I had a show and I had a place, um, and, and that was my only one. Um, the Kentucky Derby kind of um, you know threw, threw me for a loop a little bit, and I had a couple on race number two. Um, that that didn't hold up for me, so uh, it was the first time i would have been out there to do that. But it, it was a blast, and uh, like you mentioned, trying to, it was good to see you out there too. So you kind of uh, showed me the ropes a little bit and uh, didn't lead me astray. The so. blind
2: leading the blind, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, Dylan. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Yep, sounds good, guys. Thank you. Yeah, good to talk to you. Dylan. Mon's Ames Tribune, AmesTrip dot I miss Dylan. Yes, yes, he. It was about five o'clock that oh, I saw I was him. Home so, yeah, that. I was
1: home. You were out of there. Gone. Before all the us riffraff started to make our way through, that was a
2: fun time. It was a it was a blast, and it was getting. I mean, by the minute, literally, people coming up and the... oh. All righty, it's time to go for the green with KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword "water" to two hundred two hundred right now. That's your chance to win a thousand dollars cash. That's water to two hundred two hundred standard message and data rate supply. You know, I snuck out the back. Oh, you did, and I went to made a pit stop at Claxons on the way Ooh. home to Ankeny. Um, our Claxons winner had the, the DQ. Actually, involved the the Claxons right, contest. Yes, because we went from an odd numbered winner to an even numbered winner. That reminds me, I will uh, check and find our winner here. So, what the break. else did we have? We had the Wild versus the Wolves, and the Wild got home there. They we did. had the we know the Cubs won the three game set, and the Bucks beat the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And we get game four of that tonight. I know we got a couple of game fours tonight. Um, yeah, looking forward to both of them. Actually, the Rockets. And the Warriors, and the game Trent was alluding to, the Celtics and the Bucks will play game number four. Matt Snyder joins the program next. We will shift gears. 21 years ago today was Kerry Woods' 20 strikeouts. Yeah. I've told you the local angle yes, to that story, absolutely. right? absolutely. i got to tell it again because uh, um, two guys that I know, one of them, to- well, i worked with both of them radio-wise, Baseball Benny, Ben Carroll, and Tony Adzeni who was our update guy for a while, both got in their car very early, 21 years ago today. They were driving to Wrigley Field, Kerry Wood was pitching, they wanted to watch the Cubs. <laughs> and they made it as far as Altoona, and they turned into Prairie Meadows, and they never left. <laughs> Those two guys not a shocker. Twenty anyway, one left the plans the night before. We're gonna pick you up early. We're going we're going to Wrigley. Started to see the signs for uh, the next exit Prairie Meadows. They turned in, and the rest is history, and they missed history. Uh, Kerry Wood strikes out 21. Real quick, I know where to get Matt Snyder. Yeah. I just saw a video of that. Do you know who called the game for WGN? I, I would have got one. I forgot all about this guy was part of it. Harry Carey was gone? Believe so, yes. Yes. Aye. Steve Stone was the yeah. analyst. Yes. He would get that one. I did that. I did not remember this. Chip Carey? Yes, good for you. Yeah. Larry's grandson. Chip Carey. I forgot about the Chip Carey. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember Tom Brenneman well. I mm-hmm. mean, I thought him and Steve Stone were terrific. They were good, yes. They were really good. Matt Snyder joins the program next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.
0: 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 1460 KXNO.
2: Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you until noon. Glad you're with us. Murph and Andy at 2. Fanatics will uh, recap, our, and rather, not recap, they will put a cap on the local programming uh, today coming up at 4 o'clock. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, one of their MLB writers, joins the program as we talk a little baseball. Matt Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on, Matt Snyder. How are you? I'm
0: good. Uh remember all the times I kept telling you guys to not worry about the Cubs?
2: <laughs> yeah, but it's it's bad radio when you don't worry, <laughs> right, right? We had to go out there on a limb and uh but yeah, we we have egg all over our face Matt Snyder. That 2 and 7 start has quickly been replaced. So what did we learn about the Cubs maybe this weekend? Did we learn more about the Cubs, the Cardinals or, you know, a little bit
0: about both? I don't I, I uh I'm going to go positive here. I don't really have an indictment of the Cardinals. At all. Um, I, I think the Cubs are just really, really good and they had a great weekend. That's going to happen sometimes in, in a three game series. Um, one thing that's interesting to me is going into the series, I looked at the pitching matchups and from the Cubs perspective, I thought two, they're two unreliable starters at the time, Kyle Hendricks and Hugh Darvish are going, mm-hmm. whereas they have three that seem pretty reliable, and John Lester, Cole Hamels, and Jose Quintana. And I thought, it, it, from the Cardinals' perspective, if you're looking at those are the three starters you're getting, that's about as good as it gets. Because to, to avoid Lester and Hamels right now and get Darvish and Hendricks instead looks pretty good. Instead, they go out and they get dominated to, like we've barely ever seen before in the history of baseball by Kyle Hendricks. And then, uh, you know, they get the 5-1 lead against Darvish and blow that. So I suppose from that perspective, it's bad for for the Cardinals. But at the end of the day, you're still 20-14. It's just three games. Uh, You move on and you start winning against other teams now.
1: Last night, Bryant, with the Grand Slam that uh, capped off just a great weekend for the Cubs. Going forward, you know, we talked about the bullpen so much that first week and a half. That is normalized. Bryant's a guy that's been talked about a lot. He has looked better here as of late. What's your biggest concern with this Cubs team right now, if anything?
0: Um, I still think that on the pitching end, it's clear that there's something really wrong with Hugh Darvish. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure why he has no command whatsoever, but he hasn't had command all season. And then in the bullpen, I still think that you have to worry about the fact that they keep walking guys. I mean, Brad Brock, 15 walks in 13 innings. Uh, Steve Ciszek has a problem with control, uh, you know, every other outing. Ten walks from Tyler Chatwood. I know he's not going to be one of the guys who pitches the most, but he actually has the second highest inning pitch right now. There's at least reason to worry about Darvish in some of the bullpen, but it's not like a dire concern. And, gosh, looking at this offense and realizing that Bryant and Rizzo can still get a lot better, it's kind of scary. So I don't think that there's a reason to think that they're going to be anything less than what they've been to this point.
2: Mm. Brewers are, uh, aren't are going away. I think that, look, the, the the East might be terrific. It really might. I mean, the, I don't anticipate the Mets will hang around, but the Braves and the Phillies, we see out west, uh, the Dodgers are probably going to prevail, but Arizona seems legit. Astros have now taken the lead. I'm going to save the Twins for the Twins fan on the other side of the glass. <laughs> but might the uh, National League Central be you know, legitimately a three-team race right until the precious few days of September?
0: Yeah, it could be. I, I think National League Central is the best vision in baseball. I, I think the Reds are the best last-place team. The Pirates are the best fourth-place team, which is a funny thing to say. But, hey, they have a winning record. They're in fourth. Um, yeah, the, the Brewers have staying power. We saw it last year. We, we've seen it so far this year. Now, they're not nearly as good as they were when they started 7-1, and one, and we already saw the Cubs were 1-6. and six, So, it's, obviously, things can change. But the Cardinals are not going anywhere. The Cubs are not going anywhere. This is a great division. Um, oh. But, hey, you want to talk about the Twins?
1: Yes. Do that. I watched – uh, well, I saw a lot of the Yankees for the first time this year watching – the Twins actually got one in Yankee Stadium. They hadn't done in three years, win a game – in Yankee Stadium. Now, they lost the series, but that week overall, playing the Astros, playing the Yankees, a winning record walking out of it, including three or four against the Astros. I'm starting to believe Matt Snyder just a little bit here in this Twins team.
0: Go go check out my power rankings today. Uh, I tweeted it out. I, the intro was almost all about the Twins and how much better I think they are than the Indians. Uh, their power mm-hmm. right now is just amazing. It is. I, I, last week, I, I, I talked about the points in my power rankings, and I, and I mentioned you, you could argue that they hadn't really beaten anybody since the opening weekend when they took two of three from the Indians. And you could argue that they had been beating up on weak teams because, what, they have six wins against the Orioles. Yeah. But then they had a week against the Astros and Yankees, seven games. They just went four and three, took three or four from the Astros. That's a heck of a week. Look, you can't say enough about their power. And Miguel Sano is going to be at back soon. Now we know he's been inconsistent throughout his career, but we've also seen the upside. There's power potential off the charts here with this team. And you look at the rotation, Oda Martin Perez, yeah. starting to pitch like front-line pitchers alongside Barrios. There's a lot to like with this Twins team.
1: You know, Martin Perez is an interesting guy. I guess I never realized, I just remember him being a terrible fifth starter for the Rangers for five, six years. This guy was a big-time prospect, and until the Twins had signed him, I never realized it. A baseball perspective a couple times, had him in their top 15. He was a big-time guy, and now he's worked on his grip. He's using his cutter, a pitch that he's never used before, and he suddenly looks like a different guy. I mean, the new regime here with Falvi and Levine and... and those two guys that had pitching backgrounds coming from Cleveland, coming from Texas, and kind of fixing staffs. Do you think they've untapped into something that could be real
0: here with Martin Perez? I do think that. Yeah, Like as you mentioned, he he was a big-time prospect with the Rangers, and he just never came to fruition. And he was one of those guys where you're just like, man, is it ever going to happen? And hey, you look now. He's 28. There's still plenty of time to have things click, maybe not necessarily to this extent. But Jake I remember, he was a late yes. breakout guy. He added a cutter. He went to a different team with a change of scenery. So maybe there are a few parallels in there. Since he's been starting, 2.0 ADRA and four starts. As you mentioned, added the cutter in the offseason. There's new mechanics that he's working with. Uh, th- there are definitely reasons there to think that this could be a whole new guy. So it's, if he is... All of a sudden it looks like the Twins have three frontline starters back in the bullpen figured out, as I mentioned, the offense has power. A lot of reasons to be really excited about the twins right now. I think they're legit.
2: Hmm. Two more for you. One of them's selfish. I'll do the selfish one first. Um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as, as a, a Blue Jays fan, uh, not a lot to, to look forward to this year, but he was one of those guys. He was one of the uh, you know the things that you could you, know, you could see it coming right? We knew we'd have to get to the end of April he finally gets this opportunity. He has stunk. Badly, uh, since he's been up there, both defensively and, and he looks absolutely lost at the plate. And I don't understand it because at every he's hit at every single level. So maybe on one hand, I'm kind of glad that baseball is difficult that you just don't come out and dominate yeah. like some guys do. But it, is it just you know is is he pressing is is what what why hasn't he lived up to the hype that certainly was there? Uh, like you see a few uh, uh, surrounding few players. Um. Well,
0: it's. It's, it's easy to get caught up in things when it's in the short term. It, it's only been 30 at best, though. 34 played appearances in eight games. Uh, You know, I, I kind of could go back to our discussion about where I made a joke about the Cubs yeah. when they were started one and six. Yeah. You know, that was only seven games. It was only eight games. There's so much talent there. I feel like once he starts to see more and more of the league, he's going to come around. I also feel like being worried about him is kind of a byproduct of how easy things came for mm-hmm. guys like Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. But then when you circle back, Mike Trout actually was bad in 2011, and then he had to get sent that back down to the minors. So it's I think maybe just taking a step back and getting more perspective on things. Like Anthony Rizzo is another guy. He he his yeah, good point. His he was terrible. Yep, terrible. So it's, we just need to give it time, I think. And I think it's only a matter of time before he starts becoming a crusher of worlds. And, uh, th- this should give us some extra respect for guys from last season, like Juan Soto and Ronald Acuna Jr., yeah. and and just how quickly and easy, easily it came to him. And really, he's on the injured list right now, but also Fernando Tatis Jr. this
2: year. Yeah, he got off to a great start, yeah. no doubt about it. Uh, one more for me to let Trent finish up. I, I think Houston, when it's all said and done, is going to represent the American League. I think they're the best team in the American League. Tampa has the best record in the American League right now. May still have the best record in baseball. I haven't checked today. They did last week. Um, if, in your mind, is Houston the team to beat? Uh, Tampa... I mean, I don't know how Cash does it, but he does it every year with this roster. I'm a Charlie Morton guy. I knew it was a great signing when they signed him, and he hasn't done anything to prove me wrong yet. Tampa or Houston or somebody else? Who's the best team in your mind in the American League?
0: Uh, I think you have to say to this point it's the Rays. There just seems like there's something that hasn't been clicking with the Astros, but ultimately they're still in first place. They're still six games over 500. They're going to be fine. I, I think that there's a lot of merit to what you said that they're going to end up being the team to beat. I just I, I see the Rays' record, but they haven't played a team with a winning with a current winning record since the first series of the season. Now that was the Astros; they did take three or four, but they just haven't played anybody good in a long time. That cha- that that all changes this week. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll see what happens this week when the Rays face. A really hot Arizona team, and then they host Yankees. Even then, I don't know. I mean, the Diamondbacks shouldn't be this good. And the Yankees are so banged up. I do think that once everything gets healthy, and maybe not everything will, because Severino didn't have good news. But I do think once the Yankees get healthy and get right, they're going to have something to say to the Astros too.
1: My last thing for you is about those Yankees. As I mentioned, saw a lot of them, and just when you sit down and realize the injuries that they're dealing with, I saw Betances. Going to be out a little bit longer. Maybe they anticipated. Paxton goes to the IL after he gets banged up and been dealing with the knee. But I mean, just the sheer volume Bird, Ellsbury, Frazier, Gregorius, Heller, Aaron Hicks. So he's getting close to Judge. Back. Judge, Montgomery. There's Paxton again. Severino, Stanton, Tula Whiskey. Oh, no surprise there. But still, I mean, just the volume of this. This might be one of the more incredible stories. And because it's the Yankees, maybe some of the shine has taken off. How a team could keep their head above water losing this many guys.
0: It is. It is. Like, I I was trying to think, has there ever been a team that's been this injury ravaged? And I thought about the Rangers a few years ago. Uh, It feels like they lost almost everybody, but they ended up finishing last. Um, Yankees are five games over 500 right now. Uh, So, yeah, like I said, as long as they keep doing this and playing at this level and then you look for all the people that they're going to get back, you can't ignore them. They're obviously one of the best teams in baseball, and they're only going to get better once they start to get healthier. So it, yeah, it's it, well said by you. It's it's a great story. I think it would be getting more. It, it, ironically, it's the Yankees. I it, <laughs> if it wasn't the Yankees. It's usually everything's all about the Yankees. But I feel like if this was like a, a, you know, a small market team like the Brewers, there'd be so much coverage about oh, my gosh, they've lost all their players and they're still this good. But since it's the Yankees, it seems to be flying under the radar.
2: Indeed it does.
0: Matt Snyder, CBS
2: Sports, MLB, one of their writers over there, CBSSports.com. Matt, I appreciate you finding time for this. I'm already looking forward to our next opportunity. Thank you, Matt Snyder. Very grateful. Thanks. Have a good one. Yeah, you do the same. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. If the playoffs started today.
1: Oh, they don't? 20%, 21% Twenty percent, twenty-one percent into the season. We're almost yeah. But at the end of this week, we'll be a quarter of the yes. way through your National League playoff wild card game. Cardinals, d backs Okay, pretty good. Yes, Cubs the number one seed. <laughs>
3: think and where then they were.
1: They'd get the winner of the wild card game and get Dodgers, Phillies. I would sign up for that playoff right now. Yeah, I'd take that. Mm-hmm. American so League. So would MLB. Yes, your wild card game. Yankees-Indians. No, no, no. What did you
2: say? American League. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The wild
1: card game, Yankees-Indians. Yankees-Indians, yeah. The Tampa's the number 1 seed. They get the winner of that. Yeah. Twins-Astros.
2: Ooh. Well, you've... you've, They just took three of four. They did, they did, they did. I like this Astros team, Trent. They're really good. They're really good.
1: But how older and Martin Perez Mm -hmm. shut down those bats? I know. I know.
2: This team's... And they're hitting they, the ball. This, this Twins bash. team is—it's going to be a fun year at Target Field. Yes, you know you won't be able to walk up and get to, you know where you want to seat or sit rather. Most years that—that's been the case over now. If you want to go south, what time can you get here? you <laughs> right. at Kaufman. Boy, I feel bad for that. We've franchise. seen some of those. Oh,
1: they got a World Series. They How do. Bad? I know. I have played in two of them back to back years. You can't complain until you're quite a ways removed. I mean, I'm going on now, year twenty-eight. Nineteen ninety-one, right? Yes. Yeah, remember it well. 28 years ago. And 21 years ago for the Carry Wood game.
2: Isn't that something? That Boy, is. Boy, time flies. We yes. will take a timeout. We'll come back. Speaking of that, our show has flown by today. Our final segment is coming up next. Have we already seen the biggest story of the year in sports written? We'll do that on the other side. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen to KXNO on iHeartRadio.
1: Hey, guys. Trent in here once again for the Men's Health Clinic at New Leaf Wellness. Spring is here. And something new to tell you about. It is therapy peptides are made from amino acids they're linked together and can control and influence how our bodies react to physical exercise and diet going on here during the month of may it's their fat burn bundle combining their food sensitivity tests and their weight loss peptide injections save 20 percent all this month if you include both those programs and help lose weight before we get to summer they can go online and find out more newleafcenters.com is where you go All the treatment programs that they have, testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss, the injection therapies, that's what I've done, helping me lose weight, feel better, and keep my energy up all throughout the day. Located on 3930 Westtown Parkway in West Des Moines, or give them a call, 515-650-1358, 650-1358, or just stop by. Lynn and the great group of people out there, they will get you set up, get to see the doctor, and find ways to get you in better health. Again, 3930 Westtown Parkway in West Des Moines for New Leaf Wellness Centers and don't forget to tell them that Trent sent you oh.
0: KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. this is Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO
2: Alright welcome back it's Miller and Condon final segment on a Monday glad you're with us you like Steely Dan? I do like Steely Dan you? I didn't find Steely Dan until later in life. You should find a lot of 70s groups. All yes, that stuff that you've it, been listening to is. going making making your way down to Woolies. Alice in Chains, Nirvana, Pearl Jam. Come on, yeah, that's good not stuff. bad. They're not yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, not bad. All right, anyways, uh, fullerdental.net, they uh, bring us this portion of the program. If you're new to the area, if it's time for a new dentist, you've moved from the west to the eastern part of the uh, city, uh, Fuller Dental. couple of locations for Dr. Stephen Fuller and Company, uh, 2822 East 29th Street in Des Moines. Also in Altoona, 410 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. You can check them out online, read all about them, see the services if you do get an appointment you can download your patient forms so you don't have to go in there and you need to fill out these forms Uh, this is not exclusive to fuller dental by the way it's everywhere as you well know Uh, but fullerdental.net fullerdental.net brings us this portion of the program all right Trent so we got baseball going on right now right now we do well we're supposed to
1: but there's a delay in Cincinnati not a rain delay
2: what's going on Bees. Oh, I've seen those, seen those before. The bees are on the field. Well, don't kill the bees. We, this, the the yes, world needs the bees. Yes. I'm a big fan of the bees. Not at the ballpark, though. No, not at the ballpark, that's for sure. All right, so we went to break talking about potentially... Have we seen the biggest story in sports already? And dang Russ, who follows me on Twitter, said, "Nope, not yet. My my sharks haven't won the cup yet." Oh, hey, there's one. <laughs> so there So that might that'll be a big story. But I don't know if that'll resonate. No, here. I don't think it will. Uh, look, the Kentucky Derby was massive. This is historic. It's not the biggest. It won't be the biggest story of the year. We'll talk about it. It'll be on the list if the I, horse wins the Triple Crown. Mm, even country then, country home, he'll have an asterisk beside his name. Yeah. Um, No, that's not going to be it. Eh? The biggest story in sports has already been written. In, already in this, this year is, uh, in 2019, it's been written. Virginia, no, no, no. Well, that's good too. That's pretty good.
1: After losing to a six, no, that's pretty good. Win that's, the national a good championship, that's a good
2: story. Tiger good story. wins the
1: Masters. It was the following weekend. Yes, yes yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Don't you think? Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, he's gearing up too.
2: I hope so. I just hope he's Grand Slam. Home. I mean, ah, oh, come on. Unreasonable expectations? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> it happens all the time. <laughs> No, I just look at. Uh, it makes it different. Yes, it's huge. He just moves the needle like none
1: other. We and we know how it is. I mean, now Twitter is just a small sphere of what we do, but we both use it a mm-hmm. lot. But when things like that, when Tiger happens, it just it is different. It makes golf more important. It does. It makes it where it's appointment TV instead of us doing a segment on it or weekly and into major, we'll do a few, mm-hmm. do a few more, and, and you and we can get away with doing it right because. Tiger drives that. Without Tiger, it's much more difficult. There's uh-huh. great stories out there. Right. We mentioned the one from, from Wells Fargo this past weekend. Yeah. But M- Matt, what's his name? Home? No. Homa. Homa. Right. But Good story.
2: It. Great story lines, but... Mm. It's 20 seconds. And <laughs> right. then we move on. Yes. Tiger, it's 20 minutes. Look, if I'd have known Tiger was in the hunt in the back nine yesterday, even if it was the Wells Fargo... Yep. I what did I watch? I watched the Blues and the Stars. That's Game Seven tomorrow night, Boyle. Roddling, that is going to be, that was yesterday. Yeah, yes. Blues looked good. Blues looked good um, to Game Seven there tomorrow. That was fun. The NBA was terrific with the Raptors and the Sixers. But I want to watch Tiger. Yes, yes. Who is the uh, Blues guy we used to get on from time to time? The Blues. He guy. did both the Blues and Cardinals. Oh, Pat Paris. Pat Paris. Yeah, yeah he was. Uh, he preceded, so it went Silvestrini, mm-hmm. Pat Paris. Keith Murphy oh, really? at WHO. Oh, I'd never realized. That. Yeah, Silvestrini in the. Yeah, that's the right order. I know Keith obviously was of the. Yeah, I think it was Rick Silvestrini, who's now involved with Drake, and I worked with him at the Jockey, He was our update guy, and it was Bob Dyer, Strini, and myself on the air when the planes hit on 9 11. Right. Um, so Strini to Pat Paris, and Pat Paris left TV. Oh, really? Oh, you know what he did? No, he didn't. He left Fox Sports Midwest, he moved to Tucson. Oh, where he's doing morning news. So he's like, fails now Uh here. He does the morning news in Tucson. So, Yeah, but that that was our guy, Pat Parrish. Yeah, Pat was a good guy. Yes, he was. And a good guest to have as well. I never realized that Silvestrini was a TV guy. Rick Silvestrini was the sports director at Channel 13. And gave that up? And walked away from it, yeah. Really? And and opened a pizza joint over on... um, I knew that part of it, I guess. Douglas? Was it Douglas? Off of Merle Hayes. Okay. Well, first of all, he was on Merle Hay, and then they moved off. to Boy, it was, it was really good. Pizza. Yeah. Really good. No one stretched a pound of cheese further than Streeny. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> uh, I like Rick. Good guy. Yes. P- good pizza, too. Um, yeah, then Pat Paris, and now Keith Murphy. Huh. Speaking of Keith Murphy, him and Andy Fails, who we just spoke of as well, they'll be next to two. Uh, and then the Fanatics, before the rush, will start it all again tomorrow morning at six. What's on your agenda tonight? I think it's a lot of hoops. Yeah, me too.
1: Again, these mm-hmm. game four pivotal. Mm-hmm. Normally, it's the odd number of games that are the no. This pivotal. one's massive change. I agree with you. Both teams, Houston, has to win this
2: game. Yes, they're not three one. You're not coming back. They're not same way with the Celtics. Not coming back. I don't know about that. If, if you think three two, I can oh, see fair. Okay, yes. if that's if that's if it's that's not a great good phrase, chance, it that but way, yes. yes.
1: But losing two straight mm-hmm. in at home as Boston would do. Mm-hmm. You'd feel the same way, I think.
2: couple of games. Six is in the NHL tonight, too. Boston and Columbus is first. I love that series. It's my favorite series. You've said that. Yes.
1: I haven't seen much of it. Maybe it's in Columbus tonight. I think I'll flip it.
2: Out. And it starts at six, and then that's followed by the Lanch. A lot of Lanch fans in San Jose, who we know Dang Russ is rooting for. He just tweeted <laughs> us that that'll be the biggest I'm also a San right Jose here. fan. How did you become a Sharks fan? Oh, 12-1. <laughs> Futures back before the playoffs, right? I thought you were. I thought you meant going way back. You no, was, no, no. You're but, just a Sharks fan recently. Yeah. Well, after
1: the after the North Stars left, uh-huh. I became a Florida Panthers because of Van Beesbrook and the run to the and finals. And the rats that they would throw on yes, the ice in that Stanley yes, Cup run. Right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That was. Uh, but then the Wild came back, so I had to go back there. No, I did have a Florida Panthers jersey though, and I still have it. I was going through Does it storage. Fit? Oh, no. No, I was going
2: to say. This is 1993. No, first, there's no chance. <laughs> no there. chance. But, hey, ba-
1: but the baby boy will, uh, wear that Florida Panthers. jersey absolutely to his first He will.
2: Game. Uh, that's, uh, that's great. And remind us it's late August. You and your wife, Tara, will yes. uh, welcome uh, child number two to the world. All right. Let me ask you this one before we get out of here. Open up your app. You know who I think is a bet against tonight at a big price? The Miami Marlins. Cubs just swept the Cardinals. Yes. Three straight. Hamels has been good. Yeah. He's what? Is he 3-0? He is. 3-0. ERA just over 3. So, I mean, all all signs point to the, I mean, this is the Marlins. This is the worst team maybe in baseball. Mm-hmm. Cubs are going to kill them. We think. But emotionally, how do you get up to go to the ballpark after you just swept the Cubbies? You're in first place. I would if I was in Vegas and had nothing to do tonight. Well, I mean, I'm going to be in a sports book drinking a beer, anyways. Right? I might bet the Marlins. Do you know what the number is? It's got to be big.
1: It's huge. The uh, Cubs are minus two seventy. So you come back plus on the other way. It's good plus money. Yeah,
2: three uh, in uh, north of three. I'll jump aboard. I just think it might be a play. We'll see if I'm right. It doesn't tomorrow. take a whole lot to bend my arm. No, right? Indeed. All right, we will be back at it tomorrow again. Murph and Andy today at 2 Fanatics. Wrap it up. The Morning Rush will start it again tomorrow at 6. We're Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 no